All right, episode three of MindLift Philosophy. Today, we have a few interesting topics that will appeal to the students in our audience. We're going to go over Rate, my professor, how confirmation bias plays in, and we're going to wrap it up talking about the bowl game. Whoop, whoop, sports. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Now, we talked a little bit about the Raiders and the Broncos, but nobody around here gives a jack for those teams. So. They also, we did, yeah, we did talk about that. A little bit. For like 10 seconds. So, I'm going to explain to people who don't know what it is rate my professor it's a website that allows students to rate and review their college professors uh some people have tried it for high school you'll see if you can type it in it will say like i didn't know that yeah i know it's weird they did it for mine anyways website allows students to search for professors by name school or department and provides a list of the professors with their ratings and reviews all of these ratings are by students and you don't have to be anyone specific or special to put in a rating so they're based on a few factors on the website teaching style clarity helpfulness and overall quality users can also leave comments about their experiences in the class which can be both positive and negative this website was created to provide students with a resource to help them choose classes and professors that fit their learning style and preferences the website is not officially affiliated with any educational institution, but it's widely used by students to get information about professors and classes. The thing is, if you're a professor, you can see these reviews too. So, And also, if you are a professor, you can report it as a violation and get it removed. Good, but I've seen some harsh, harsh reviews in my time. I think if it's... If you're just being rude and just calling them calling them like awful names, not giving any sort of background or like any reasoning behind it, yeah, you can go ahead and just skip well, that. We'll get to the psychology in a minute, but first I want to talk okay. about our own personal experiences with it. How often do you use it when registering for classes? This was the first year I used it. Really? So far, we're looking pretty good because all of my professors had a 4.5 and above for their stars. So that's actually pretty darn good. Um, mm -hmm. And... But, you know, it's also a little asterisk next to one of them because they only had like two, two reviews. reviews. Yeah. But so far, it seems pretty okay. Yeah. So there's kind of a way you go about navigating it. If it, your professor doesn't immediately show up for your school, you can just look up their name. And if it's original or even if it's the same name and they mm -hmm. work for a same department somewhere else, then you can kind of make guesswork to know. So I've had to do that. Uh, someone here worked at University of Texas before. So they had the same name, but it wasn't Texas Tech. It wasn't Tech. popping up for yeah. Tech. Okay. So you can do that. Uh, the amount of reviews that they have is important. You know, just general stuff. It's like if you were doing a study, the amount of people you want matters. So, but with all that being said, I've used it every single year since I heard about it. And I heard about it in 2018. I don't know. I guess it comes to my laziness is why I didn't use it. And I'm glad I used it this year. Yeah. Although... Like the one, I didn't have one pop up also because she just graduated. Oh, what class recently? That is my communication, ethics, and civility class. Oh, she's the one who's super cool. Yeah, she's the one who wants, she's like Joe, wants us to call her by her first name. Yeah. She goes, I don't want you to call me Miss or Professor because I don't want to feel old. And then she dropped an F bomb. Is that, the, is that the one who wants you doing the, it's like a cool project you have to do? You mentioned something about it or something you learned in that class was. Um, uh, well, that one has a pretty cool one. It, we have a, we have an interview style, which I meant to, I'll probably end up doing you if you're sticking around. Yeah. Um, I'll probably end up interviewing you on something that we don't agree on and we have to talk civically. It's like, a relationship ethics. thing, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. No. Okay. It's just 
can you have a good conversation without arguing? Do you know what our what the topic is? Yeah. You get to choose as long as it's an actual real world problem. It can't just be like sports. Do you know what we don't do you have an idea? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. This podcast will probably help with that. Yeah. All right. Well, it's it's a pretty useful tool and for the most part it's like any reviews it's got a decent amount of truth to it mm-hmm. I, I use it but i've had ones where the guy it said a bunch of really harsh things and then the person turned out to be totally different but i notice you get those in really hard classes my communication class last year is amazing dr dean an amazing professor real old dude but he's amazing he went through his rate my professor and just started reading them out loud there were some really nice ones you know like Man, I could kiss the top of his bald, shiny forehead. And then there's like, <laughs> this guy sucks. He can't teach worth a lick, which is completely false. Yeah. This dude's amazing. So but he just went, he kind of is probably going to talk about what we we're going to talk about, about how it confirmation bias. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. But the fun, here's the other thing, too. I don't know what you, I don't know what bias this is called, but if you notice, a lot of the times it's usually fives or ones. Like four or fives or ones. You don't see a ton of twos or threes. Mm-hmm. They get rated a two or a three because they have more lower scores than they have five stars. But it ends up being that people don't rate things that aren't noteworthy. So you don't see an average server with a lot of ratings on Yelp. You don't see an average restaurant. Well, sometimes you do. But with Rate My Professor, I've noticed you don't see a lot of people go on there if it's not an amazing experience or a horrible one, because mm-hmm. I've given my favorite professors good reviews, but rarely, except this year when I realized this, have I gone given average professors reviews. But the feedback in itself is important. So we're going to talk about that, but it looks like you got something pulled up. Oh, I just wanted to see if we could find out what it was called. This one, this is just comparing confirmation bias to the scientific method. Oh. If you want to note the, there's four types of biases that manhowie.com is talking about. Don't know what that is. Could be credited to whatever. I don't know. Survivorship bias, confirmation bias, framing bias, and groupthink. I bet you framing bias is what we might be talking about. I mean, but like you said, while you look that up, I'll get into confirmation bias. So it's a cognitive bias that refers to the tendency of people to seek out and interpret information in a way that confirms their existing beliefs while ignoring or dismissing information that contradicts those beliefs. So if your best friend tells you this teacher sucked and you go on there and it says that they sucked, you're probably going to immediately not take their class. You won't even give it a second thought because it makes life simpler to have these biases and heuristics so we don't have to take in all the information available to us in the world because we just freeze. Probably mm-hmm. We couldn't process all that. So it's not that, let me preface this, the biases aren't evil. There's nothing wrong with them, but they're important to be aware of. And they serve us sometimes, but not always. This one, usually not that good of a thing. At least it helps us keep a solid identity and we don't go nuts. But confirmation bias has its a lot of drawbacks. So it can lead to the reinforcement of stereotypes, rejection of facts that don't align with one's beliefs. So things that have been proven by the scientific method time and time again, we can still find people rejecting those just because it doesn't go with their beliefs. And the formation of false beliefs based on just wanting to believe. It's like those funny little alien posters that say, I want to believe. Oh, yes. So confirmation bias can also be seen in people's decision making, where they look for evidence that supports their preferred option. 
and ignore all the evidence that doesn't. It's a natural human tendency, like I was saying, but for people who need to be policymakers, decision makers, unbiased, and very professional, it's detrimental critical thinking and can impact decision making because you make decisions based on your beliefs. So to have this confirmation bias in effect where you look for things that confirm your beliefs and it's it's not like I'm calling random people out. This happens to all of us. It, if you know about the beliefs, there's research done by Daniel Kahneman and he talks about how with another bias, even though they told them about the bias, it didn't impact the outcome of the experiments. People still showed the bias, even though they were told about it. So you can't get rid of it. But by knowing about it, for some biases, it helps. I don't know them all off the top of my head, but I don't know if confirmation bias, I, I'm going to make an assumption. Confirmation bias can possibly be mitigated through telling someone about it and maybe like poking at them like hey you know it could be you're doing this because you want to believe it and want to find the good things they think uh it comes from a combination of cognitive and social factors if we're looking at it a cognitive perspective humans have a natural like i say saying tendency to simplify and organize information in a way that makes sense to us so that we can process things because we're we're wired to survive not to have everything perfectly detailed down to the gnat's ass in the world it's just this then leads to formation of mental shortcuts, heuristics. We simplify things to make decisions so we can make quicker judgments. Um, problem, like I'm saying, lead to biases. People pay more attention to things that they can recall more uh, easily. And people then tend to surround themselves with like-minded individuals, which creates an echo chamber effect like mm -hmm. we see in... Businesses, you see, your people who are friends tend to share similar beliefs. People mm -hmm. in, it's like the idea of you're the you're a summary of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, you're gonna tend to probably take on what they. Yes, what they because they it depends on like how strong your identity is. Mm -hmm. But if your identity isn't super strong, you could take speculate that they would. Yeah, then you mold to the group. It's like that's the group think one that that's what ah, that bias is. So you just pointed that out, but uh, you can see that groups and communities can just bounce ideas off each other. And then the frequency of the ideas means that people can recall them more and they're exposed to them more and thinking is believing. So they end up getting a deeper held belief, which is why tight knit communities with similar beliefs keep reinforcing each other's beliefs. That's where I'll leave it. I mean, I just pulled up. I, just, I heard this one time from. Orson, Orson Scott Card wrote Speaker for the Dead. I've never read the book. I've just heard this quote. This is how humans are. We question all our beliefs except for the ones that we really believe in and those we never think to question. It's funny. Yeah, because it's that's true. Who who wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Right. And that, there's a wants to be couple wrong. beneficial journals you can do that have that. So uh, shout out to the Daily Stoic. Uh, I have the the journal because it's just helpful for maintaining like a strong mindset and getting things done. But one of the things is about questioning your beliefs. And one of the daily prompts is what's a belief that I have that may be completely wrong. And the you know, scary thing is I probably won't be able to find that out.
like the thing I'm basing my whole worldview off of, the deeper beliefs that I have, odds are I'm not going to be able to do that from a journal prompt, but it'll probably help me with some of my ones I believe in a lot, but maybe not as deep. So if we're talking about like, look at a pyramid, like a hierarchy of beliefs, probably like middle level I can expose, but there's no chance I'm getting to the top ones, man. This is a little funny thing, just speaking on when people get something that they want to hear and immediately just attach to it. Mm. We took a leadership test in our in my intro class. And this one, this piece of paper talks about the all the different domains of it. That's not really the important part of it. What I noticed is I don't give a flying crap about this piece of paper, about what leadership things I got, because whether it's true or not, I don't care. But what I did notice when I looked around. That's a real leader right there. Everybody got, like, they got, they saw the ones that they really wanted. And they're just like, you know what? That's the one I got. Like, so they every, changed it? Everybody wanted to be the influencing one. I wonder why. I know, Shout out right? to the last episode on influencers. And it, what were you? Hmm? Um, I came across as executing. Those with the, with dominant themes in the executing domain know how to make things happen. Oh, you are a doer. I will give you that. When the team needs someone to implement a solution, these are the people who will work tirelessly to get it done. Those with the strength to execute have the ability to catch an idea and make it a reality. My man. I just don't I don't subscribe to the fact that a paper that I or a test I took online that was twenty questions long can determine your ability to be a leader. Especially when it's only four domains of team strength. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so funny that I saw everybody look around and they're all like, oh, yeah, I got this one and I'm proud of it. I'm like, okay, why you look so deeply into it, though? Yeah, well, I mean, we like to label things to make – that's a heuristic. True. This right here in its own way, not in the cognitive science sense. I was thinking about this in class today. Words themselves serve as heuristics to encapsulate the idea of an object. This was a class I called bingo in. Sorry to interrupt. That's me. hilarious. You just said it randomly? Huh? Called no, bingo? You did bingo? Like well, you were the, we had a guest speaker the... today. She was about 80 years old, so she brought bingo. She had to go use the bathroom, and I had just like finished helping her hand out the papers, I mean, like four other dudes. She hands me the bag of the bingo balls and says, here, can you call bingo? I'm like, well, I can't really say no. So uh, I took it and called a game of bingo. because you're an executing leader, man. What can I say, man? Mm, so good. But yeah, it's weird. You think about it, words themselves are just an idea to encapsulate something in the world. They're a heuristic. Like mm -hmm. to say somebody is cool doesn't really tell you much about them, except you get a feeling for them. And it kind of encapsulates a broad set of characteristics that someone may be cool. But, you know, maybe it's a 10 year old saying that. And it's just because the guy's dad rides up on a motorcycle and wears a leather jacket. And yeah, Brian's dad is cool. so cool. Okay, badass man. But then a girl's like, yeah, he's really cool. Could just be that he, you know, he doesn't react to negative things that much, and he's mm -hmm. kind of chill. But then I just did it. I said he's kind of chill. What does that mean? Well, we're both in our like nineteens and twenties. So nineteens. <laughs> well, I can't say twenties. February, bro. Now, oh. fair enough. We'll both celebrate then. But yeah, uh, yeah. We'll do a birthday episode where we just do random Q and A's, make it kind of funny. That'd be cool. Yeah, but, you know, it's not like heuristics are bad or should be eliminated, but they have their place. I was reading an ethics article today talking about intuition when it comes to engineering, and we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's some things we can't 
quantify, but we have a quality about them that, you know, the majority of the world comes to a consensus on. It's it's difficult, but with everything, have some have a careful approach to it. Don't hold on too hard to one idea if you can. But, you know, to uh, get to the the professor ratings and confirmation bias. Quick side note on that bingo calling. I got called a natural by a lot of people. Like, you're really good at that. My mom works at a senior center, and that's not the first time I've called bingo. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, you're also, you have a good radio voice. I don't know about that. Well, you don't like hearing your own voice, but nobody yeah, does. That's a good point. I was told maybe that you want to hear your own voice, but not through like the the way your skull makes it sound. So you put, if you put your, just take my headphones off real quick, ears like this, mm -hmm. that's what you sound like. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. You could just turn your phone on and record your voice and hear that way. Yeah. And that's how people hear you. I, I I don't know. Apparently, I sound like my brother. Well, that would make sense. No, but really to a T. We did this huh. singing test to test your vocal range. Sadly, I don't even have a two octave voice, guys. I can't sing most normal songs fully. I have a 1.9 or 1.8. Where do you take this test? It's just an app that measures your vocal range. My brother and I have about the same range, but his is lower. So if we took the magnitude of the range, we have the same magnitude. So he has a worse. No, he has a deeper voice by oh, a little so bit. So closer to zero, the better? What? You said yours was a one point something. You oh, said octaves was... are the range. So you know yeah. how on a piano, the notes repeat after a while? Mm -hmm. So I can cover almost two full repetitions. Oh. Most songs are two octave. Most singers, country singers are two octave voice. You can train to get higher. Axel Rose, Guns N' Roses singer, five octaves. Holy. Yes, highest range of any singer That's that I know cool. of. Yeah, it's insane. It's impressive that that guy has five. It goes all the way up through five repetitions. That's... Yeah, but it's kind of cool. Anyway, totally, totally off track. That's all right. But it's fun. Little trivia tidbits. But I want to, before people forget what we are even saying about confirmation bias. So with the ratings of the professors, Students are more likely to remember and be affected by the experiences confirming their existing beliefs and their expectations. So if you have a positive experience with a professor, more likely you'll leave a positive rating and review. Like if he mm -hmm. makes, if the, so say the professor is really tough, but he makes you feel good. Like he's a nice person. Um, he or she, excuse me, just speaking colloquial. Uh, then you will, even if they're not a great teacher, you're going to leave a positive review because you, that's also called the affect heuristic. We go off of emotions. So how you're affected in emotional reasoning. But this is with confirmation bias. So these students might interpret the information. If they have a positive bias towards the professor, they're going to overlook the comments, focus on the positive. And if students leave ratings, if they choose to, it's usually because they're more passionate about their experiences. And remember this. Here's the key. It's not like a study or a survey that's forced on everyone in the class. It's only the people who feel strongly enough that they have to go leave a review because it takes a little bit of time. So you have a strong experience, it's going to be skewed towards that. But in general, it's a decent tool, and I recommend using it because it, at least the professors, if you can, give them good feedback, make a good constructed statement, but be sure that you're not purely going off that because uh, sometimes you can go audit the class like what I did this mm -hmm. semester I sat in on another class another section with a different teacher so I had one registered for first week I sat in on two and 
I decided from that based on based on how the professor made me feel. <laughs> so the <laughs> affect heuristic that uh, which one I would take. So I, I guess it's important though. You kind of want to parade how you can just go sit in on just about anything. Yeah, it's awesome. You don't even have to pay for it. You can just sit in the back. No one's going to pay attention. And it's, even those professors, what are you doing here? Auditing. Auditing. And they're going to be like, okay. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, it's crazy. And obviously you don't get a grade off, but it, you just get to sit on learning some stuff that maybe you're not so knowledgeable about. Yeah, and a lot of people... You know what's kind of interesting? I feel like the people who do that, they don't talk about it. No. You got the really interesting folks who you find out, whoa, you know this person. I just don't talk about it. Part of the reason mm -hmm. these people are interesting is they speak less, and then you're surprised. Like, whoa, this guy does that. Then It's often, I feel like, the quiet ones who are awesome. Very cool. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, they just, if you don't have a care in the world about what other people think of you, you don't need to go and tell them. Just go do stuff and yeah, you just enjoy not, it for yourself. Exactly. You're not as limited. You can just you, know, you follow. I don't do things for other people. I do it for myself. Yeah. Well, speaking of other people and uh, you know caring what they think, I think <laughs> TCU should not have been in the bowl game. So well, looks like we get to agree on something again. <laughs> you could talk about this part for a minute because I'm not as knowledgeable on the selection process. I put some notes in there about it, but I want well, we will circle to break down on the selection process. This is it's actually changing here soon. They're going to go to the twelve the twelve team playoff. I wonder why. This <laughs> was even before this year. Oh. Um, yeah, they've been they kind of been working on that because it's gonna bring in way more money, obviously. Yeah. More eyes on every because it's a playoff now instead of just a pool game. But they use a voting committee to choose which teams go in. They don't just do like rank. Well, they rank by voting, and then that's how you get your teams in. Now, next year, they're just gonna take the top, they're gonna take the I wanna say the Pac 12 champion, the big 12 champion the sec and the big 10 champion and they get automatic ins to the playoffs because they won they won their championship series they're obviously the best in their their, their divisions quickly can you explain the distinction for each of those conferences how do they divide them up how, so who? it's mostly by region okay um but there's like the teams decide kind of where they're actually going to go because you'll see here soon texas and ou are going to the sec which they should I think. You think so? I mean, Texas Tech beat both of them this year. First time they did that ever. Good riddance. Hey, See you later. Guns up. Um, it'll be better for them, better competition. Um, that's probably how they're getting half the recruits they're getting because they're going to be future SEC teams. Most players that go to the NFL are SEC players, so on and so forth. Even if you play at a bottom SEC school, you're probably going to do better just in your, in your, career, your football career. So you see players from – Vanderbilt and Missouri still get drafted. So why are we playing? Why did we play West Virginia? West Virginia is in the Big 12. That's the part where it's weird. Now, if you notice this year, they've kind of, this is one of the reassembling years, <laughs> or not years. Rebuild? Of the divisions, kind of. Okay. Because the contracts run out with the big, with the associations, and the associations are the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC. And so are they sub-associations within the NCAA? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. And they all have these own their own rights and their own this, their own that. They all have their own TV rights, you know. 
the Big 12 sells their TV rights to ESPN. Uh, I think the Big 10, I forgot to think who's in the Big 10. I think the Big 10 does it as well to ESPN. And then like another one goes like ABC. And then the one that UT is in with, or UT is different from the Big 12. They have a special contract with the Big 12. They have their own network. They have the Longhorn network. It's kind of like how the Yankees have the Yes network, which is means they hold all of their own TV rights. So they have their own channels, but the Big 12 doesn't like that because less money for them. Yeah. But yeah, now you see re- right now what's happening is the Big 10 is East. A lot of Eastern schools, Michigan, Michigan State, all of them. And now USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. That's going to be horrible which is con- for mm-hmm. cost and flights. Mm-hmm. That is across it the country. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why they're doing it because they're part of the Pac-12, which is plenty of competition. Right now, I mean, you have Colorado. They just got some of the best recruits with Deion Sanders now. Yeah. They're going to be a formidable force. You have Oregon, Oregon State. All of them, they're all really good schools. Washington, I think Northwestern's on in there too. And it just pisses me off that they're doing that. I wish it would they would all just kind of brand under the same umbrella. It sounds complicated. I uh, see, I've never understood the whole bowl game thing because it's like how you get selected to a bowl game. What does it even matter at that point when it's all just a bunch of different bowls that don't have the comparative significance? It's hard. It's to, just an extra game, I guess. But it's hard to like quantify who's better. I get the rank. It ends up being like the rankings the most important. Well, yeah, like thing. you always have like like the Rose Bowl is always like right now it's like the the second best teams. Like yeah. and this year was Alabama, K State, I believe. <laughs> and Rose Bowl is probably Alabama far better than this. Smoked them. Really? I didn't yeah, watch it. It was like 45-25 or around that range. Uh-huh. It was competitive for about the first quarter, and then hmm, then it went out the way. I think Alabama should have made it in over TCU because I think TCU – or pardon me, correction. I think Alabama would have put a bigger fight up against Georgia. They still would have lost. Um, still would have preferred to watch a better game, though. We were at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Kind of was just nonchalant, you know? The guy – who was next to us, who was that Georgia fan, was having a hell of a day. He was woo, 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 screaming. And in your notes here, the main criteria for TCU selection for a bowl game are their win-loss record, strength of schedules, and the opinions of the coaches. Right there. So when we come back, <sighs> confirmation bias in selection process, media hype, and how that feeds into who gets selected to the bowl game. Anchor. All right, we are back. So, selection committees, bowl games, confirmation bias. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Well, we also have some fun stuff about the worst games ever that I, I put in here. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you want to cover this part? Yeah, look at look at the how old all those are. That's why I'm saying it's crazy. That's like, it's just like... Well, anyway, I mean, you could talk about that part. I guess I'll go into this. So if a selection committee, as we're talking about with the media and Mm -hmm. hype, if they have a preconceived notion a certain team's better, or like, wow, this is their most improved year, and they get all in the hype and caught up, then they'll give them that bowl game bid because there's that, we like that underdog. Mm -hmm. So I think that has a lot to do with why TCU got in. I mean, discounted. the crazy part about it is TCU was 
I think over half their games, they were losing at halftime. Yeah, it's not like they they, they weren't blowing everyone, teams out. You know? we, we were beating them at halftime, I think. Yeah. They didn't I mean they came back out and whooped us up a little, but we didn't we we fought. Yeah, I didn't know that hurt that game. No. But anyway, I mean like you, you start getting into the hype, you wanna ignore mm-hmm. anything against that hype. So like you say the team like that team's poor performance, you know, not showing up the whole game and only doing decent the first half. My bad, girl. Crispy can sound. My bad. So that's going to end up biasing things, and then you end up having them pick a team that shouldn't have been in it. So it can also have this feedback loop with the media where you expose like exposure and coverage just creates this whirlwind of feedback where all of a sudden it blows up and everyone's talking about TCU everywhere you go, and then you have a bias in the public and changes the you – know, it's crazy too. It can actually affect the – the outcome of how the refs see each team too. But we're not going to talk about that now. I think with the new playoff, it's going to be a lot better yeah. for people because it's going to – more teams are going to make it, more better teams. Like, I'm willing to bet for the next 10 years, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, they're all going to make it for probably about the next 10 years. Yeah, because of how good they've been, how mm-hmm. much hype. How consistent Which makes you very happy that the NBA and NFL don't work like that. Mm-hmm. Because... You see, like almost year in year out, there's at every single year there's a team that went from terrible to making the playoffs in in the NFL. I love the uh, the parody. I love the NBA ones. Like I thought, excuse me, I don't like the. I didn't like that season. I wasn't stoked, but that's because I'm a Warriors fan. And anyone who's a hater, I was raised one. You're raised a hater. No, I was raised a Warriors fan. I'm a hater. <laughs> I was raised a Warriors fan, so it's not like I'm bandwagoning here. But you know that wasn't a great year for him. And uh, mm-hmm. when the when the Bulls, sorry, I didn't even say what I was talking about. The Bulls Lakers won. Mm-hmm. Or was it the Heat? Are you talking? It's the it Heat. It was the Heat. Yeah, was Butler the bubble or the, it was that the bubble one? Yeah, yeah. That's when the Lakers. Beat See, the it was interesting, heat. right? But I wasn't super hyped about it. Mm-hmm. But that's cool because like, who expected the Heat to do that? Yeah, there's. I love the idea of, like, any team can come out there and do it in professional sports. Yeah. Like, you're seeing it this year in the NHL, too, which not many people watch. The Stars yeah. are one of the best teams in the NHL somehow. Right and now. I'd never and heard of the Stars until I moved here. Yeah. And so. now, now you know that we gotta during go games, them. when you're doing the National Anthem, and it says the Stars, and you got to yell Stars because – Texan hype because they're stars. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, dude. In at games, it's incredible. I've only been to one game, but it's so, so fun. Why don't we go? It's not too expensive. Hockey. No, it was like that, it was twenty dollars. That's nice. I bought everybody tickets. So you probably <laughs> felt like a stud. And I got you guys. I felt so good. I bought Wilson, Andrew, me, my sister, my sister's boyfriend. We all went. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, real funny, quick anecdote. Worst games ever. While we're ragging on the bowl game, it's not the worst. So I have mm-hmm. a couple listed here. I don't know if you want to read them off or not. I like this Rose Bowl one because it's pretty significant. California zero and Washington and Jefferson zero. I think the school's Washington and Jefferson. Probably. Yeah. I've never heard of one before. Yeah, here's another one. Sun Bowl, 1940. Arizona State zero. Catholic zero. Why do they why don't these are scored res- reserved to penalty kicks, right? What is up with that? Cotton Bowl, nineteen forty-seven, Arkansas zero. The LSU fact that they zero. made it all the way to nineteen fifty-nine to go zero zero. Yeah, Cotton Bowl fifty-nine, Air Force zero, TCU zero, Fordham two, Missouri zero. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, obviously it was 1940. It's way back. It's wartime. But, so, but here's the thing. I was looking up some other ones, too. We've had some recent ones that are like 7-zip. So at least the bowl game wasn't low scoring. If you're a guy who likes good offense, like airing it out and playing Madden and just Air cheesing ring. on rookie and <laughs> <laughs> calling Hail Marys, you enjoyed the game. If you want a stress reliever, that's it right there. Dude, that's what Matt does. My brother. I don't blame him, dude. He just plays on rookie or pro and makes it, makes himself like a running mm-hmm. back, but he plays as the whole team. Overall. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he'll do a he'll do uh either a receiving back or a speed back. And just cheese. He'll blow them out just for fun. Thousand yards in a game. And he'll make up little stories. Like, yeah, I got in. He'll like set his guy to injured and make him have a comeback. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh my gosh. That's fun. It's a good way to st- really stress, though. Yeah. There's a game. I want to play MLB the show so bad. I just don't own a PlayStation. I think I played it. My cousin would kill me. Just it's hard to I, get. I, I sucked too. at that. You know, no, you know what I always play? I always play is the Jumbo Shrimp. Hmm. Actually, birthday present as a joke. If you want to get me something like a jumbo shrimp, like jersey, or something I could work out in as a joke, just to look like a. Do you tool. know who the Savannah Bananas are? They must be a minor league team too, huh? Uh, Georgia. They're not even really man. They're not even a minor league. No, it's it's like a completely different affiliate. They just for fun. We'll pull it up real quick. Actually, no, I won't. The first baseman long game played on stilts. Oh, so they're like the... It's like carnival. It's like a carnival. Are they like the Globe Trotters of baseball? Yeah. Basically, oh. they... So there's two teams. They're owned by the same guy. And all they do is play each other. They're real baseball players. Like, these guys are minor league players who just come in during the offseason. Or maybe, you know, <laughs> their career is taking a little bit of a, a dive. And they just want to do something for fun. Because they're getting paid. They bring in $250,000 a game. Ooh. A game. For the company? Yeah. Okay. For the company. So they're getting – I hope those players are getting paid pretty decently. Apparently the food in the stadium is really cheap and all that. But the business started at zero. They named the team the Savannah Bananas. Everybody laughed at them, and look at them now. Yeah. Just a cool thing. Cool little note. If you can – for some reason, I guess you ever go to Savannah. I think it's Georgia, right? Yeah. Go see the Savannah Bananas. I think it's pretty difficult too because they're always sold out, but – Pretty cool thing. Dude, I want to see the Globetrotters. That would that be so would be fun. so cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's just funny that these games can end this way, and no one really bats an eye. Yeah. Imagine going to that game. Imagine going to this Air Force TCU game. As well, I mean, I've seen some either. NFL games that I've gone to where, like, first Raiders There's game dunks. I went to. No, first Raiders. Yeah. I was an Eagles fan, too. And I, I like Donald McNabb. Really, you're, like, a, you're a fan of, like, the most hated teams. It was like 2008. Raiders, Golden State. Went to Eagles. Why did the Golden State? Why are they the most hated team? Because they're brilliant. Oh, yeah. We won't get into that part. No, we won't. That's for future. Maybe that's for me for next week. All right, I'm transitioning to a different topic here before we get to, <laughs> before we get to <laughs> debate about like super teams and I start popping off. Well, this is what you should talk about here. We can debate. You can do your class thing about. The super team. It has to be like life topics. Like that is life. Ball is life. I don't think she wouldn't. You know what? I'll ask her tomorrow. I'll ask her tomorrow. Okay. If I can talk about super teams in the NBA. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, it's all about hype. Ow. I just smacked my elbow on the table. (laughs) And since it's all about hype, we're going to talk about how hype ties into all of this. It's the promotion and marketing of a product or service. Sounds like I'm telling an ad. This is not an ad. 
It creates a sense of excitement or anticipation among customers. This can be done through various means, advertising, word of mouth, social media, influencers. Powerful tool for companies to create demand for their products because it plays on the availability heuristic because you can recall more instances because mm -hmm. you've seen these things more. It just adds to all of it. You got a feedback echo chamber where people are like, yeah, you got those shoes or, oh, bro, bucked up, so sick. I'd never heard of bucked up as an energy drink till I, really? till like. That's my introduction to energy drinks. Really? Terrible introduction. because They make you tingle. Yes. They make I your, know, you got snakes in your veins. Dude, it was like 10 p.m. I was like a junior in high school. I was working out late as hell. I'm like, oh, I've never tried an energy drink for pre-workout. Got it. Didn't sleep till like 4 a.m. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> that was yeah. during like my COVID years though, so yeah. I could do it. Well, it's everywhere. So there are a bunch of biases that contribute to why people choose name brands over generic. So to uh, to tie that into what we're just talking about, you could take caffeine pills that would do just about the same thing. You combine them much cheap. Oh, so you get so boring. Though. You get alpha GBC. You get some sweetener. You get, because uh, a lot of them, like Monster on here, we have a, a bottle in front of us. L-carnitine, taurine, uh, they probably couldn't, you can buy erythritol. There's a bunch of B vitamins. Like you could get a powder that's way cheaper than this, but it's not as nice and fun to crack open the can. There's not as much oh, hype. The texture on the can. The texture on, ooh, we should do a topic on that sometime. Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just talk about Monster in there biases and we'll get killed by the company <laughs> no no no, no, no just we love monster that's yeah, the best part true but anyway you get, like i was saying you got the availability heuristic so brands that people start trusting and valuing they're more familiar with they come to mind like you're gonna buy a monster over some random walmart brand mm -hmm. uh another one sunk cost fallacy so people tend to continue investing in something just because it's like brand loyalty so even though they they feel like they've already put so much into a brand that they can't change, um, so they'll choose name brands over generic, even if generic's cheaper, because they're like, no, I'm a, I'm a this guy, like I'm a whatever. There's also mm -hmm. the social proof one, where you're trying to get your friends to, you want to like, it's like your celebrity does it, you know, your favorite celebrity is Gymshark model now, that type of thing. And you it's got to be good. Yeah, right? Come so on. you want to look for look to others to guide your decisions so that's where the celebrities and influencers you, comes in. i hope you know this you know who gal gadot is yeah so it's gal gadot gal gadot it's one of the two i say wonder yeah. woman yes and uh, red notice so she promoted a brand called huawei which is a phone it's like a very very dominated in like asia mm -hmm. um and she sent out a tweet that was promoting it but when you're on Twitter, it tells you where it's tweeted from. So at the bottom, it's like, yo, Huawei, best phone ever. And at the bottom, it says, from Twitter on iPhone. <laughs> and there is a YouTuber, Marcus Brownlee. He is a, he's a tech guy. He subtweeted it and was like, this is funny. And just screenshot it and circled it. He's blocked by her now. Oh. And they reached out and they're like, how did you know this? How did you know she tweeted this from an iPhone? It's like, because it tells you. You know what's funny there is he, this sounds kind of messed up. Assume that unless it's literally their company. Actually, that's not even a good unless. Assume that they don't use their that product. 
unless you see them routine, like you catch Ryan Reynolds out in public and he's, you know, using something of his, or like you catch the rock drinking his pre-workout, then you can assume it. Actually, he probably does wear his own gear. Cause if I had a bunch of shirts with my name, like in my, my logo, I'd probably rock them. Plus too. the rock is pretty cool. Yeah. But the point is, uh, you know, don't, don't trust that, <laughs> you know, these, all these different little things like influencers and, halo effects attractive people selling these products it's like not nah, actually look at it see don't don't just assume that they're your own research honest. yeah dang it the rocks gear i mean the rock is such a cool name and like his branding can be that cool or it's like maybe they do want a, a 65 dollar t-shirt that says an inspiration chase cool. greatness it's pretty cool i have one yeah i have that and i had <clears throat> What did I have? No, I think clothing. My cousin has like a little lifting different. shoes. Just be lifting shoes. Yeah, he has like his version of Metcons. Oh, they're pretty sick. Although it's Under Armour because The Rock is like a sub. His stuff sub signed with yeah. Under Armour. That he's an Under Armour athlete. Which kind of cool. I mean, you didn't expect Under Under Armour really blew up when Steph was. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. And like Anta got bigger because of Clay, partially. Anta. Anta. Obviously not that big. Not that big, because honestly, I would have thought Clay was a Nike guy. Hmm. The more you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody knows Nike, and immediately when I saw Luca come out with his shoes, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, those just I like Luca, and my head immediately triggered. Wow, those shoes are sick. Yeah. And I bought them. Because you got social proof. Boom. Yeah. Well, here's a great They're thing. Nice though. Shoes, though. At least with NBA players, you see them and they have to wear their shoes. Yep. So at least you they know. can't not. Although they were like the Curry Fours, I hated. Really? Yeah. And my cousin rolled his ankle on them three three times Ugh. that year. Because I mean, for someone who's got like, if you if you value like really light shoes with decent grip, they're fine. They just didn't have ankle support. But I stopped wearing high top. Uh. uh blah, blah. What basketball, like I hate high top basketball shoes now. I just can't. Because, I don't know what it is. They're just uncomfortable. Because if I'm hooping around, I don't want my ankles supported. I want those to be strong tendons. So mm-hmm. when the game comes around, I'm not going to get hurt. Yeah, I'm not going to roll it. Much like our boy last night yeah. who took that three, Mr. Isaacs, and ended up on the ground holding his ankle. Yeah, poor guy. He wasn't in class today. So almost. Well, they said he was getting too, extra, So that destroys my theory. But uh, huh? he had low tops, I think, or mid. I think. I don't think he was rocking high, so you can look it up, but mm. I don't know. All I know is I find a low top more comfortable than a high top. I know they provide more more ankle support, but I feel like I got pretty strong ankles. I have I mean I've rolled my ankle. Everybody's rolled their ankle, but pretty much twenty minutes after rolling my ankle, I'm fine. Yeah, see that's the thing. Same thing with me. I think it might have to do with now, this is kind of a pseudoscience, but soma type, your body mm-hmm. type, the endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph. So for anyone who doesn't know, ectomorph is like the person who's generally lanky and has a bigger shoulder to hip. His shoulders are bigger than his hips or his or her. And they're, they're, they can't wrap their hand around their wrist. So That's a me. good way to test what they can. They can fully oh. wrap around. So... Oh. Yours is like a mesomorph, so you're like middle. Um, but again, it's just general body types. You want to look them up. Be able to do this, to be fair. So yeah, I, I most jacked influences are either ectomorphs on roids or mesomorphs 
huh. because they mesomorphs have that Greek god physique, easy to build, easy to gain mm-hmm. weight, easy to lose weight, or not too hard either way. You got hard ectomorphs tend to have trouble gaining weight. It's kind of a pseudoscience, but there is something I've noticed where guys who tend to have more weight tend to carry more weight. The endomorphs they don't have a severe rolling of ankles or other things like that. At least some trend I've noticed. Hmm. So who knows? But my my brother's kind of a, a middle of the two, and he's had a serious sprain. But again, there's no full general thing. It's just. I mean, I think the more active you are, the probably more resilient, smarter you get to, to where you place your feet. Like I know if I'm running full sprint down a court, probably not a good idea to just try to halt stop out of nowhere on the side of my foot. Yeah. You should probably get that foot pointed the direction you're going to try to hit the brakes a little. Yeah, get to, get used to a good breakdown. I'm happy I've never sprained my ankle. Yeah, I've never that had I a know serious, of. serious injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like uh, my cousin Jake – I don't know about his ankles, but he's had bigger injuries up top, like shoulder stuff, but I don't think he's had much legs for leg problems. I told you about the scar on my leg, right? No. No? When I was in middle school playing football, I partially tore my meniscus. Wow. It wasn't too bad. I don't don't remember. Really, I hated playing football at the same time. But they did the x-ray and the MRI on my leg. There was a tumor on my femur. It was benign. But... It was about the size of a quarter, and they said that's pretty massive, and it was about the the depth of, like, two dimes. That's thick. Yeah, they said if I got hit in the right spot on the femur, it would have snapped like a stick. Because it was interfering it, with that. Mm-hmm. They said So now they went in there. They took the, the benign tumor out. My parents were so quiet around me because before that, I didn't have, they didn't know if it was cancerous or not before they took it out. Yeah. They were so quiet. Did they tell me. you they found it? Not till after. Not till they got it removed. They were like, I'm like, well, no, no. It was like a, a few weeks before the surgery. My mom was just really, really, because they were very scared around me. Yeah. They like to watch their words. I'm like, because I had known there was something there. This isn't one third of people, by the way. So you could have one. Anybody could have it. This it's just specific... the spot. It's in one third of people. Mm, that's what the doctor told me. I don't know. It was a a kid's doctor, so they could just been trying to make me feel better. But like one thirty people have these like special fatty just, deposit. I I I was like twelve, dude. Who knows? That's that's crazy. I I'll do more research and maybe I'll talk. I'll give a little more in depth next time. But they were really quiet around me. They because we had a biopsy. That's what's called to make sure to see if it's cancer or yeah. not. And before that, I just I had to stare at someone. I'm like, mom, what what's in my leg? Could you feel? They were just trying to dodge it. No, you oh. can't feel it. That's the word. Like they were just, they were scared because it was cancer. I was more like, I'm happy I didn't break my femur. I heard that's the worst bone to break. It's huge. Yeah, it's like trying to break concrete apparently, and not making it like a twig. How did it not Who break knows? before? That sounds that sounds, sounds too a little crazy to beat. But I mean, they said it was compromising my femur. That makes more sense. So, that's a softer word than to say it was going to break like a twig. <laughs> they said it just probably puts me in the increased level of uh, breaking it. I do remember they told me it was only supposed to be a little tiny incision that they were going to do. Um, next thing I know, I wake up about four and a half hours later, even though it was supposed to be like 45 minutes. I feel like that's everybody's surgery story. Yeah. And have you ever had Gatorade out of a can? No, it's disgusting. They'll give it to you after surgery. Sweet. But it was 
I don't know. It was just trippy. I don't know how we got to where we are right now. I kind of forgot. But I, I guess no we could, they were using their own confirmation bias because they probably thought it was cancer. <laughs> well, because at parents the, at the same time, they had well, learned my grandma had it. That, oh, I think. Yeah, it was around that time. Uh, it's, I feel like it's partially prepping yourself for the worst. It's mm-hmm. like uh, it's a stoic concept. It's called premeditatio malorum. So you think about what's the worst thing and you just allow your mind to be like this thing, this drone that goes out and looks at all the scenarios but doesn't get too hung up on one. So if something bad does happen, you're prepared. Now, I don't know if I really fully believe in that because then you're always catastrophizing. I don't know. But it does help to take into account likely bad scenarios. Have you ever had a surgery? No. No? You will one day, probably. Let's hope not, though. Well, I don't know. Maybe you like a LASIK. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Your family have pretty good eyes or you just don't want to do it? No, I have the perfect eyes in the family. Good, good 2010 stuff, vision. 2010? Yeah, so I see I double clarity compared to the average human being. I haven't gone to a doctor in a long time. At least that's time. what they said. They did the scan chart. Mm-hmm. So my brother's the one. He has bad eyes. Well, cat, so does my sister. But I, so with the chart, 2020 means at a ratio of 20 feet, at 20 feet, you see what? The average person sees from 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. 2010 means at 20, 20 feet, feet I see, see the clarity of what someone would see feet. at 10 feet. So I see double clear. I think the last time I took a test, I was 2015. That's pretty darn good. I have one eye 2015, the other is 2010. So the left eye is better. I think my right eye is better than my left. But I would reckon my sight's probably gotten a little worse now. Um, just Computers. because all the dust and... And the grit and the dirt in her teeth from walking to class in Lubbock, Texas. That well, I was just thinking of the dust of addicts and stuff when I was working. Oh, ADT. Um, yeah. yeah, they always told us to wear glasses, but they never did. Uh, I never did personally. I'm not, I'm not no pansy. I just go up there. They told us to wear hard hats. Nope, just put my normal cap oh, on. Oh my gosh! Never scrape my head. You know, OSHA is having a fit right now. Yeah, my. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we had a safety evaluation, like, you know, surprise dropping by manager, even though it's not a surprise because this manager was so cool. I just didn't do anything while he showed up. We ended up just chopping it up with the customer for like 20 minutes. Yeah, He's that kind of manager. He was so cool. He wrote, he's the guy who wrote that book I gave you. Oh, yeah. I actually was looking through the books. I was like, I got to read this. Mm. I want to, he's coming out with another one apparently here soon. So hey. if it's, you know, pretty, if you like that one, I'm probably going to buy the next one because because it's cool. He's a good writer. Yeah. I'll read it for sure. I I uh I was looking at it yesterday night actually. So, and the book we're kind of referring to is kind of a philosophy, but I think it's more of a life book. Um, it's like uh why am I forgetting the name? Optimistic of it? religious type advice book. Yeah. So, it's a it's good read called if, if tomorrow good. never comes. That's what it is. It's a that's a pretty sad. It's a put in your perspective type thing. It's yeah. cool. It's kind of a wake you up, grab you by the the mm-hmm. stirrups and say, "Hey, you know, everyone could use a little bit of that maybe in, in yeah, just their own ways. Yeah, it's kind of hard to not feel like you get tangled up in the day to day. And I like whenever I if I go sit in the cafe, because that's where I do all my journaling, because I like to people watch. You see people of all different varieties caught up in whatever they might be caught up in. Yeah. Like a group walks by one person's just stuck in their phone or another person's like on the brink of tears because they might be failing a quiz or something. Yeah, I you know it's uh I was doing this so I like the whole waking up app, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like the meditations. 
and it has these random things that pop up during the day that have audio you click on them and one of them perfect timing i was walking down the stairs of the philosophy building and it said look around you look at all the other people they're all having a conversation and a flow of thoughts in their head everyone around you is telling a story mm -hmm. there's a way out of that you don't have to be lost in thought and then it was kind of now that's not true <laughs> but i like the idea of like making my own assumptions of other people like what they might be thinking or how they're feeling yeah i mean i'm not gonna make a bad assumption i mean apparently i probably do think bad things to some people just on the way they look because i feel like that's a little bit of human nature and my own biases yeah you know maybe they look like someone i don't like because they remind me of somebody instantly it's like uh, maybe i don't like them but i do like you know when i'm sitting down looking at groups of people having their own conversations seeing if they're talking about serious stuff or maybe they're laughing every five minutes or maybe i'm getting mean mugged by this by this chick's yeah. boyfriend that was fun because she was digging the beard and he did not mm -hmm. like it she was pretty cute yeah we glanced at her sometimes oh man that's what was happening mm -hmm. i think so he could sense that you were a threat he <laughs> he looked mean but i like you know the idea of, of i like to make stories yeah you know or just observe people watching is interesting mm -hmm. i was doing that the other day at my apartment i was sitting down and they have all the security cameras in the lobby sometimes thrown up on the screen so i was just watching people like i was like man I can hmm. see myself right now. That's is that your whole idea of imagine yourself from that right. person's perspective, or how did it go? Uh, what was I talking? When did I talk about this? Yesterday? It was a few days ago, I think. Remember, you said you know imagine yourself. It was when we drove to New Mexico. Oh, you said imagine yourself looking at yourself from another perspective. Yeah. So look for the person who's looking. That's what it was. Yeah, that's a different concept than that, but uh, I was looking for the words. Yeah, there's one that's also a view from above, which is like imagine yourself. So right now we zoom out of this podcast studio. We zoom out a little further. We can see the library. We zoom out further. We see all of Texas Tech. Zoom out further. We see Lubbock. Zoom out. We see like this, including the panhandle. We zoom out further. We get all the Midwest. Then we get higher up. We can see mm -hmm. the United States. Keep it kind of reminds you of the blue dot. You know what that is? Yeah. That it's supposed to make you feel small. No, and, I think it puts things in perspective. Yeah. Well, perspectively. It's For me. Personality yeah. is how you're gonna interpret it. Like it makes me it makes I hope it makes a lot of people think, like, why do we fight over these things? Yeah. It <laughs> That's kind of what it I think the important like. thing, try and get out of your, you can't ever do it. Mm -hmm. But these phrases help. So get out of your head. Help. Mm -hmm. But also acceptance, surrender, these type of thoughts where you're like giving in sometimes helps you. So I think maybe that zooming out can be a beneficial thing. Just don't do that when you're driving. Yeah, probably not. A little disclaimer. If you're doing, if you're operating heavy machinery, driving or doing a deathly task that could affect others. <laughs> yeah. But I hope you're not going out and driving when you are sad or depressed. I know I hope some people, um, but I learned walking does better. Yeah, it's calming. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think zooming out, putting things in perspective can help. Um, Damn. Yeah. That's good. I Perspective is a crazy thing. Like maybe I was going crazy. Maybe she wasn't looking at me and maybe I just kept looking at her. And I thought she was looking at me. And you wanted and to confirm the belief. Yeah. Your confirmation bias. 
and I'm an echo chamber for you, bouncing it off. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Oh, man. Still all going to fight one day. What in the world? Where did that come from? I was just thinking of that dude coming over there and like, like hey, what you doing, bro? Like, just writing in my journal. Come to jiu-jitsu, man. <laughs> nah, my, my wrist, bro. Your my wrist? My surgery, bro. You know, you know nah, that I had. pointing to all his injuries. How old are you again? 65? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I had that little meniscus thing, I think the doctor told me I have the knees of like a 40-year-old man. That's terrible that you would say. This doctor That's sounds like he's full of fallacious crap. I, I was playing football at the time, and I was terrible, and I didn't use any like good form or anything like that. So You just brute forced it? I was a big creaky guy. What were you, like a right tackle? Right guard. Yeah, I was right tackle. <laughs> I was big, chunky, and bad at moving. I was a chungus. So we didn't do much polling. So basically, it was Ooh, just. We did all the time. Our tackles pulled a lot. We pulled like once every so often. I Football is fun. I just prefer watching it and breaking it down. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. We'll be back next week with an episode from Tanner. I have no idea what it'll be on. Neither do I. I never tell him. He never, wait, what? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm he kidding, never I'm tells kidding. me, not till that day. So you get genuine uh, reactions from everyone. But we want to leave you with a question. And what this is from old Deion Sanders. He posted it. Would you choose peace or love? Answer that how you might. It's not one or the other. It is one or the other. However you feel like it is. That sounds profound. An open ended <laughs> question. It's whatever you want it to be. All right. Well, answer it how you want. Hope you all enjoy your day, evening, or uh, your night shift, whatever it may be. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Muchos gracias.